You know, I think a part of being human is having these moments where we Mm -hmm. get lost. And I think in those moments, in my experience thus far, the moments where I am my most lost, I am my most confused are the moments in which I find myself again. And I get to reconnect with myself and get to know new parts of me. Midlife Ladies. This is the Dear Midlife Podcast. Unapologetic girl talk that will help you remember who you are and figure out who in the hell you want to become. I'm Shelby Bybee, karaoke party queen, single mom, and an extrovert to a fault. And I'm Trinity Greenfield, a wild-haired woman full of sass, sparkle, and a heavy dose of black girl magic. So grab a glass and let's dive into the messy middle. Okay, Trinity, we're going to do a little exercise. And listener, Uh you can do this too. (laughs) (laughs) And it's a simple exercise, so don't get all crazy about it. Okay. This involves downward dog. Like, what are we doing? (laughs) No downward dog. All I want you to do is just pause for a moment and take a deep breath. Allow your chest to rise and your lungs to fill. And then hold the breath at the top for four seconds. Now slowly blow all the breath out of your body, pushing it all the way out of your lungs. Now say, I can feel the connection to my inner peace. I can feel the connection to my inner peace. And then do the exercise one more time. Breathe in. Hold it. Breathe out. I can feel the connection to my inner peace. How are you feeling right now? In this moment, now I actually feel kind of calm and a little bit bloaty (laughs) in my head. Okay, wow. Why don't we do more of this? Why don't we do more of this in our lives? Right? It was just a simple exercise. But why don't we do more of that? Just stop for a moment. Take a breath, right? And our guest today, Holly Zazier, she was so cute. She uh, She did just that. She was so sweet as she was logging into our Zoom interview and it caused her to be like just, you know, a little bit late, maybe 30 seconds late. But and she disclosed that to us when she got into the, the call. But, you know, it was so true that we could genuinely feel her calm presence within this interview just by her taking that moment to really gain some, you know, mindfulness Mm. and some of that inner calm. And so I just think about what kind of an impact that might be able to have on, you know, my daily life if I just did that prior to logging into every Zoom meeting that I have. Right. And and we have a lot of damn Zoom meetings. Right. Right. I mean, I don't, I don't know about you, but I could definitely use a little more calm, a little more mindfulness in my life. 
And Holly's here to remind us of the power of mindfulness. Yeah. Holly is a wellness educator, entrepreneur, and writer whose work is centered around empowering others with the tools to live their most authentic lives. And you know how we feel about living our authentic lives. Yes, yes. Yes. She loves speaking to the power of mindfulness, yoga, and compassion as tools for supporting mental health and well-being. You know, she also hosts her own podcast, ladies. It's called How the Wise One Grows. And every week she dives into these conversations that explore mindfulness and spirituality, wellness, and, and so much more really to help people tap into their own inner wisdom. Mm. And in this episode, Holly reminds us of a quote from Shin Zin Young, who says, in life, suffering is pain times resistance. And to interpret pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. And yeah. you will suffer to the degree with which you resist. Mm. So let go. Mm-hmm. Stop resisting. Be with what already is. Mm. Who you are today, all the good, the bad, and the ugly, baby. And you have to do that in order to make a shift and a change, to live more authentically. And that, my beautiful listener, is mindfulness. So good. And, you know, if you are ready to face yourself and strive to live your your best and your most authentic life, then follow our podcast by clicking the plus sign or follow button on your platform of choice so that you will not miss an episode. Mm -hmm. Also, leave us a review so that we can continue to share with you content that resonates with all of us here in the middle. Love that. And with that, let's welcome to our show, our guest, Holly Zazier. Today, we welcome to our show, Holly Zazier. Holly, Holly, how are you today? So good to have you. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Yay. We are so excited because you are an expert in the space of mindfulness and how it can really transform our lives. And so I really want to know, what is your personal definition of mindfulness and how can we harness the power of mindfulness for our own mental health and well-being? And and, Mm -hmm. and wait, but before you answer, I got to tell you, we've talked about mindfulness many times and I've always been like, I'm going to do it. And damn it to hell if I just don't get it done. So today I am like really going to be like probably jumping down your throat. Like, dude, help me figure out how to get this shit done. Because I'm at the point like I'm sick of myself. I'm sick of Mm -hmm. myself playing games with myself. So honestly, um, I'm your girl. That's what I'm here for. Because I think we make it so... I think people don't build sustainable habits because no. we take an all or nothing mentality. Totally. Um, me. So the way I approach really everything in life that it's rooted in mindfulness and it's how I help people get started with the practice is by like 
small, sustainable Mm. steps and ways that you can integrate it into your daily life already. So to give an example of that before I kind of lean into my working definition of mindfulness and how it supports mental health, how it supports me every day, it's like Mm -hmm. before we had this conversation, I think I was like a couple minutes late because I took time to like, I was plugged in, I was ready but I needed to take a few moments to do my breathing so that I can mm. show up here ready for this. And another thing that I love- And Shelby and I are on the other end. Like, oh my God, where is she? Oh my God, where is she? Where is she? <laughs> I know, exactly. And I'm when I'm on the other end, I'm the same way. But I was like, you know, I need a moment to breathe here. I, I can be 60 seconds late and I can be grounded during our conversation or I can be on time and be a little scatterbrained. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather show up fully. And like I lit a candle. So I have this candle that I'm going to look at anytime I start to feel a sense of overwhelm or some anxiety trickling in during the conversation. Like that's a point I have to anchor me, to ground me and bring me back into the moment. I can get the smells. I can see the flicker. It'll Mm. take me out of my head and into my body and into this moment here with you. And Mm. that's ultimately what mindfulness is. It's about, you know, there's a lot of working definitions I think, you know, sometimes it's defined as the energy of being awake and aware to your life. John Kabat-Zinn probably has one of the most popular definitions. It's paying attention on purpose in the present moment without judgment. But I really see it as how can I fully be here? How can I be present in my body? How can I be with my mind? I think a big misconception is that people think like, oh, if you're practicing meditation or mindfulness, like you don't have racing thoughts. You're not feeling anxiety. You're not feeling all these things. And that's not the truth. You're like, no, bitch, I'm still anxious. Exactly. (laughs) Like I'm here because of those things. That's why we did it. (laughs) Exactly. But it's like, I'm here for it. I'm awake and I'm aware to it. I'm in a wise relationship with it. I can see this experience that I am having or this thought that I'm having rather than defining myself by it. And wow. mm Mm-hmm. And when we talk about mindfulness as it relates to mental health, was that the second part of your question? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do we harness that power then? How do we use it then practically, I guess, is the is the real question there. How do we use it practically? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the best advice I was ever given was during my first meditation class in college. And the professor was like, a friend is someone you waste enough time with. And mindfulness is holding that space for you to waste time with yourself to become friends with yourself. And how often do we go through our lives without actually knowing who we are? You know, so, so much, so often, right? Like we're getting texts all the time, emails, there's ads coming at us in every direction that it drowns. There's all this external noise telling you how you should look, what you should think, how you should feel, but ultimately you are the authority and what it is you truly need. And we often deny ourselves the opportunity to listen and to get to know her. Mm-hmm. So when you're starting with mindfulness, I see it as like, it's like going to the gym. The brain is a muscle like anything else. You got to lift those weights. You got to strengthen that muscle. You got to build new neural pathways. You have to hold space to get to know your mind and all of its craziness because it's crazy. (laughs) Like you're human. You have wild thoughts. That's a part of the game and big emotions. 
So I like to recommend you begin by holding space for yourself. I always advise like when I started a meditation practice, I would set my alarm 10 minutes earlier, go out of bed, get a cup of coffee, come back under the covers and sip my cup of coffee intentionally for 10 minutes. And that's a great, like I could convince myself to do that. We get to call this meditation. You get to call that meditation. Oh, that is so my kind of meditation. (laughs) Right? And you can, I mean, it really is. If you're engaging, you can use your five senses there, right? You're getting smell, you're getting touch, you're getting taste. You can focus on the breath. You can give yourself that gift. And that's sacred time. That's like no kids, no husband, no friends, no texts. That's you. That's like having coffee with your best friend every morning. I'm in love with that, Mm. in love with it. And, you know, so here's, you were talking about this, this notion of us going through life and, and how often do we go through life without really knowing ourselves, right? Either the big us, the big me, or the me that shows up in the little moments when I'm getting the texts and doing the email while I'm jumping up and down and trying to make banana pudding over here with my left hand, right? Mm-hmm. So for so many of our ladies in the middle out there listening right now, I think this is a really relatable topic because we've gone through that our whole lives. And now we're we're coming to this, this space in our lives where everything is shifted, everything is changing and our kids are growing up or have moved out of the house and we're not doing all of the things that have torn us apart in order to maintain or drive our attention in different directions. And so we're sitting down for the first time on the couch going, holy shit, there's nobody here but me and I don't even know who I am. I don't even know if I like me because I don't know me. And so if you think about that, right, this new space that that we are in, how would you recommend that we consider a mindfulness practice or even, you know, fuck practice? Let's like just a mindfulness double dabble startup. Mm hmm. A mindfulness moment, a mindfulness moment to begin to shift that, because I think it's going to be a really huge shift. And I think it's really probably pretty fucking scary for a lot of the ladies out there listening who are just like me and just like Shelby in this space. How do we start to shift that Mm. big rock? I mean, first and foremost, I think give yourself compassion for how scary that is. And how how huge of a transition that is. And I think, you know, I think a part of being human is having these moments where we get lost. And I think in those moments, in my experience thus far, the moments where I am my most lost, I am my most confused are the moments in which I find myself again. And I get to reconnect with myself and get to know new parts of me. And I think one element is like honoring a little bit of grief that might be Mm. present of like the life you have built, the way that it's shifting now, like that's an ambiguous loss. That's something to sit with. It's not something to deny. Mm. So can you even 
be willing to go there with yourself? Can you go into that emotion rather than just trying to say like, okay, here's the next thing. Here's like new year, new me, like reinvent myself. Kids are grown. I'm alone. It's fine. Exactly. Like actually, no, you know, that's hard. It doesn't have to be like that. Yeah. And the more open you can be with yourself about it and the more open you can be with others about it, that is profound. And I think that's the window in which then you can start to unfold the other parts that come along, the joy, the new parts of you that you're going to start to discover. I don't know if y'all have read Lessons in Chemistry. I've Mm -hmm. not. 10 out of 10, everyone listening to this needs to read that book. And one of the tidbits of advice in that is like, it's this brilliant scientist mother, like in the 50s or the 60s. And she was given the advice of like, take one moment for yourself every day. Hmm. So, you know, now maybe your kids are gone, but what is that one moment you can take to get to rediscover you? And Mm. again, like mindfulness is that space of hanging out with yourself, becoming friends with yourself. So it doesn't have to be sitting in silence, right? Maybe it's like you take yourself on a walk, you take yourself to dinner, you take yourself to the movies or to go to that dance class you've always wanted to try or whatever Mm -hmm. it might be, like whatever longings you've had that have sparked your interest over the years, just take one step in that direction and and be willing to do it on your own. It's great to have girlfriends that we do things with, but it's also really powerful to have this space to get to be with yourself and not have another layer distracting you from that experience. Yeah. So my question, Holly, is are we overcomplicating this? Because, you know, I'm sitting here thinking about what you're saying. And I guess it seems more like, or maybe Trinity, what you're thinking about in terms of really sitting with ourselves and kind of really feeling into trying to rediscover who we are as individuals and really putting some thought uh, power behind that. Mm-hmm. I guess I have been thinking maybe about mindfulness in a different way. And I just want to get your lady's impression of my own personal experience with mindfulness is lately I've been noticing just my own bodily feelings a little bit more. And so what that means is, you know, in a relationship type of situation, I was feeling a little bit like, you know, I had a knot in my stomach. I was, I was sensing in my body a little bit of anxiety. Maybe that was uh, settling into my throat and making my throat tight or my stomach tight. And so Then I had to stop and ask myself, what is the source? Why am I feeling this way? What's really going on? And dig into that with curiosity. And so if mindfulness is really just feeling those those things that your body is trying to tell you and digging into that with curiosity and then doing something differently. So I chose to take action based on the fact that I was feeling a little anxious about this particular situation. And I knew I needed to do something differently. So that was the prompt was, Hey, I'm just going to listen to my body. And I'm not really a, like, just listen to your body kind of girl. Cause no. I'm a head thinker. I'm yeah. a, like Trinity's a go with your gut girl. And I'm more like, of my a- pussy's tingling. What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, whatever is sending just you kidding. signals. Um, 
But, you know, I tend to over-rationalize things. And so for me, just to listen to my body and make decisions based on that is yeah. a little bit. That's um, a huge step. I'm proud of you for different that. Different step that for is me a to huge take, step. but it wasn't, it didn't feel that hard. And so I guess, are we overcomplicating, <laughs> you know, this idea of mindfulness and how can we do it better? I mean, short answer yeah, we probably are. Right? We probably are. Right. We probably are overcomplicating it. And like if we get into the nitty-gritty, like mindfulness and meditation are different things. There are many types mm. of meditation. Mindfulness is one type. It's like the one that's the buzzword in the West right now. And I think mm. it's one that's very easily applied to daily life. But when we take a look at that experience you were naming. Like, first and foremost, yeah, that's like a hell yeah moment. You mm -hmm. listened to your body and you took aligned action. And that's mm -hmm. tremendous. That can in and of itself can be life changing. Yeah. And like sometimes the more you get to know yourself, the more you can. Sometimes it's not always about changing the thing that's there. Sometimes we go into like, oh, I'm feeling this emotion of discomfort or of anxiety. And yeah. if you know yourself and you know that's uncommon for you, like, yeah, look into that. Maybe what's causing that. Or maybe sometimes you just practice with being with that feeling of anxiety first. What does anxiety feel like in the body? Do I have to get rid of her right now or can I try to like breathe with her, listen to her, see what she needs from me right now. Um, you know, I'm someone who is inclined to that feeling of anxiety. So a lot of times when I feel anxiety, I go into problem solver mode. I'm like, me there too. must be a problem. I must fix me it. Too. Something I'm doing Who's with dying? my life is totally wrong. Yeah. Like I must abort all missions right now. <laughs> um, yeah. But in my, I know myself well enough to know that that's not always true. Anxiety does tell us things. And sometimes it's a part of an experience. Sometimes anxiety and excitement can be really hard to discern between the two. But I do think like it doesn't have to be as complicated as we make it. Mm -hmm. And by simply being willing to listen to our, you know, that body coming into the body, I think is the most important part. And the way I entered mindfulness was through the world of yoga, because I too mm -hmm. am someone who is often in that cerebral headspace overthinking all the time. So anytime I can embody, I'm better able to be present with what's here and now. Hmm. So I'm curious, like in those moments, right. And we feel our body, um, giving us a signal or we just want to step into a mindfulness moment and, and practice, you know, even as you described Holly before coming into our um, girlfriend time here, are there questions that we should ask ourselves or things that we should do that will help us to connect with what's happening and become more mindful? Or should we just sit there and like, clear away all of the muck and 
see what happens. Like, this is where I start to get really confused. What do I do to create this mindfulness moment? Because mm-hmm. I'm going to be like, I'm going to go get my coffee. Then she said, light a candle. And then I got to ask myself this. And I got to check with my heart chakra and my solar plexus and get under. She said, get under the covers. I mean, there's going to be so much shit I'm doing that I'm not going to be mindful at all. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, like, how do we lean into those moments in, I don't want to say successful ways because it sounds super driven, but I want to win the mindfulness game. How do I win? (laughs) So that same first meditation teacher gave us this like little rubber mallet that you put on your keychain. So Mm -hmm. anytime you would put your key into a door, you'd touch that rubber piece and it was your reminder to pause and take a breath, right? Mm -hmm. It can be as simple as that. So I really like to think of like now every time I enter a door, it's like my hand is here. It's on that key. Inhale, exhale. I'm present. I'm not just like immediately transitioning. Give it like I'm a human. I don't do that all the time. But when I have, when I remember, I do. And when I forget, I don't beat myself up about it. Yeah. It can be as as simple as that. It can be the moments of, I think the biggest thing is people think like, because I have this running to-do list in my mind of like, okay, am I under Mm -hmm. the covers? Did I light the candle? Am I doing this right? (laughs) Like, Smell the coffee, drink the coffee, make the coffee. (laughs) (laughs) But just get to know that like, wow, like thinking right now and just kind of say to yourself thinking, can you unhook from that thought can you unhook from that list or whatever that chatter is in your brain and can you just witness it can you say to yourself thinking oh i heard a sound listening oh i smell the coffee smelling breathe that's mindfulness you know i think that's where we probably overthink it because there's no doing it wrong there's just Mm -hmm. the doing so if we can just be aware and i think it's really helpful when we just get to note like So I was in a meditation group and discussion and we were talking about what our sit was like. And, you know, for me, it was like planning. My thought loop was planning. I'm a problem solver. I'm a planner. That's that's my rotation. Someone else was like, I was just singing the whole time. (laughs) You know, like you just get to know your unique Mm. flavor from day to day, moment to moment. You get to know those parts of yourself. Mm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I would be the planning thought. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. (laughs) My to-do list. (laughs) So I would love to know then, and thank you for sharing so many of your wisdoms and learnings over the years. What tools then can you provide or do you provide your clients to help them live more authentically? Because here, when we're in, you know, our space in midlife, that's something that we're really striving to do is to let go of the past programming that we've received, to let go of past conceptions of who we are and the hats that we wear and how we show up and how do we embody um, mindfulness to live more authentically. Mm-hmm. So I, I'll i lean in a little personally here. You know, again, I think these moments of being lost are the moments where we find the deepest parts of ourselves, the parts of ourselves we haven't yet known. So when we are lost, like you can notice the worry, the anxiety bells going off, or you can just witness them and be like, oh, thank you for trying to protect me. And like, we're going to be okay. I got this right now. Easier said than done. Yeah. 
but but I will say in the last couple of years, I, I've found myself in one of those moments. You know, I hadn't built a very conventional like work life from the start. I've always been an entrepreneur in some shape or form. I, like, had I started... like candles for a living. <laughs> I like candles and drink coffee under the covers for a living. <laughs> Literally a dream. <laughs> Sign me up. Sign um, me up. Hashtag gold. <laughs> yeah. We should all do that. Yes. But I, um, you know, I, I teach yoga and mindfulness. I started mm-hmm. a business where I go into companies and I teach wellness programmings and I talk about things like mindfulness for mental health, mindful communication. And, you know, I put my heart and soul into that business still exists, but I was hitting that moment as feeling lost. And Mm -hmm. like, maybe I wasn't sharing the most authentic parts of me, or maybe I wasn't getting to know the most authentic parts of me either, because Mm -hmm. I was really in that planner mode. Like, yes, I had mindfulness because I need it. I live and breathe it, but I, I wasn't embodying it. I wasn't getting to know all of me. And I got really scared. I got really anxious. I felt really lost and dark and sad, a little depressed for a while. And I had a friend give me the advice of find what brings you joy and just follow that, follow the joy. Hmm. And through that, I started writing again. I'm working on getting my first book out there. I started my podcast, How the Wise One Grows. Mm -hmm. I didn't like throw my business away and set it on fire. It still exists. I still nourish it and it's sustaining me to be able to explore these new parts of myself. But I think these moments of getting lost happen and it's super easy to like, I did, you know, I needed to learn how to pay bills and do all the things. And I checked off the boxes and now I'm here and I like, it doesn't feel like me. So when you find yourself in those moments, rather than being mad at yourself, what if you celebrate it? Because Mm -hmm. the fact that you're there means you're not done growing yet. Maybe it means that you've outgrown where you are and now it's time to shed that skin and step into this new part of yourself that you haven't even had the privilege of knowing yet. So you have to be mindful to be aware of the discomfort you're feeling. And I think so often when we feel discomfort, like it could have been really easy when I was in that place to be like, ooh, I don't feel good. Maybe if I buy this thing, I'll feel better. Or maybe mm-hmm. if I like go on this trip, that'll fix it. Or maybe I just try to run away from yeah, that feeling of that's discomfort. That's me. I'm the mm-hmm. big runner. And that's so human. But we have to be able to be willing to be with our discomfort. And and then from there, we can take aligned action, like you were saying from that anxiety example before, to step into what feels authentic to you. And I really think like, Letting those little sparkles, letting those little joys and curiosities be your guide. And you don't have to do it all at once. You just get to take it one step, one breath at a time and get to know and love and honor all the parts of yourself, even the dark parts along the way. I think that's where we tend to go wrong is we want to resist the hard things we're feeling or the darkness, but we have to love her too in order to fully love all of who we are. Yeah. But it's hard when no one else loves her. But you could love her. And she's, other people She's kind of a bitch though, Holly. She can be a bitch. I mean, I've got that mean girl soundtrack in my head, but Yeah. But maybe she's being a bitch because she's trying to protect you. 
-hmm. Maybe there's like a core to her. If you go beyond that surface, like cattiness. And like, if we think about anyone who's mean to you in life, nine times out of 10, it's about them. It's not about you and some fear that's there. So if we can notice those hard parts, like, okay, that mean girl soundtrack in my head that's saying like, oh shit, who would want to listen to what you have to say? Or like, you're never, your numbers aren't good enough. You're never going to be enough. That voice is a bitch, but she's trying to protect me. And sometimes I just got to listen to her and say, you know what? I got this. You can step to the side or what do you need right now? Do you need some chocolate? Do you need a face mask? Like what what do we need? Do you need a beer? Yeah. Like we can, we can tend to her rather than suppressing her because the more we suppress her, the louder and angrier she's going to get. She does. Mm -hmm. Oh God, doesn't she though? And then she leaks out onto others. Yeah. We have our moments where we spill and Mm -hmm. that's part of it too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think I'm just, I'm just sitting here wondering like what, what made you say that? You know, like, I, I think we don't ask ourselves that question often enough. Like, I, I don't think I've ever heard you say that. So I'm just curious, like, because what are you feeling right now? So what I'm feeling right now is like this role that I play in my day job, right? And there are people that I literally... And I've started to just not even hold my tongue anymore. And sometimes bitch me is at the forefront. And I think I've just kind of, I've just so at my wits end Mm. that I'm having a hard time controlling what I've historically been able to control in order to lead and nurture and develop and love people to the next level. I'm like, fuck it, figure it out yourself. I'm done. And I'm literally, that's where I am. And maybe it's menopause. That's quite possible as well. Um, and so I don't like her. I don't like her. And I don't like how she shows up. I want her to go back to somewhere else because I don't like her. But I'm not feeling successful in controlling her and keeping her at bay anymore. And I literally just tell people like, I don't like working with you. Yeah. And sometimes I say the F word when I say all of my dirty little secrets in one moment or less. We all have those too, though. You know, like I have a dark part that I'm not proud of. My husband and I have given her a name. We call her (laughs) Josefina. Josefina. (laughs) Josefina. And she can be fiery there are times where I'm like I am not that person I can't believe I just said that I acted in that way like I loathe myself for it yes but maybe she's coming up because some need you have right now isn't being met and she's trying to set a boundary for you maybe Mm -hmm. there's like a boundary that does need to be set so that your energy and your resources aren't depleted so you don't get to that snapping point no I think there's a lot of truth in that because mm-hmm. I'm at my literal wits end, like I can take no more. If one mm-hmm. more thing happens, I am jumping out of the window. I'm going to join the circus. And she's maybe is trying to stop that from happening. Yeah. And and she's trying to stand up for you, right? Yeah. You know, like she's we don't handle things the most eloquently all the time, but 
I think it sounds like she's trying to stand up for you. And what if you leaned in Mm. and you bring a hand to your heart when you feel her and you're like, ouch, like, I'm sorry. What do you need? What can I do to nourish you right now? Mm. And maybe that's where it comes in with that taking some time for yourself in a small way every day. Maybe it's the coffee. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's. Oh, like, it's going to be the coffee. That's the first one I'm trying. Yeah. Oh, sure. Like face mask, robe, chocolate, candle. <laughs> yeah. That's like when I'm like, I turn off like that's that's where I go, you know, but. But I would invite you to get really curious about like when she's there. She probably wants to scream. She probably wants to break something. Maybe let her, right? Energy should move through us. Like Mm. I'm a potter. I smash my work all the time and Mm. it's great. I have a friend's mom when we were in high school, she would take us out back and let us throw eggs against the wall after a breakup or something. I love it. Right? Energy isn't bad. Having like fiery energy is actually like someone is strong in you. She's trying to stand up for you. Let that energy move through in a healthy way. Maybe it's movement. Maybe it's running. Maybe it's smashing things. Whatever healthy outlet you can find, let that move through. And then ask that energy like, all right, what do you need now, girl? Like, how can I nourish you? What What can I do for you in this? I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm sitting here right now thinking, Trinity? Like, I know that we had a conversation yesterday and you said that you'd, you hadn't made time recently for the exercise. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but for me, like just moving my body really helps release, I think, some of that, you know, that it's burnout energy. That's what it is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. For and I sure. think your inner self is really like pounding on your chest and saying, you know, give me a break. <laughs> give us what funny. she wants. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, <sighs> but I think, um, one of the things that you said, Holly, that really stood out to me is just like the little things. It, you know, if there is a way to remind yourself, I love that you said, put your hand on your heart and, you know, maybe it's just a small gesture. And like you said, you breathe every time you open the door, like, what can we do to remind ourselves, you know, in those moments before, before you say the yeah. words, <laughs> yeah, like, you know, take a deep breath and breathe in and out. Um, and maybe that's contrary to what Hollywood recommend, because maybe you would recommend like, let those, that energy like, move through you. Test but... them out, honey. It's okay. <laughs> Tell them all well, the fuck and maybe off. you do, maybe you cuss the mirror out or <laughs> mm-hmm. punch a pillow or throw an egg, as Holly said, before you say the words, but right. let, maybe it's let that energy move through you. But, um, you know, I think the point is, I think that there are small little things that we can do each day. And I've been trying to find something like one of the things that brings me joy. And you said, follow the joy is Mm -hmm. I love, I have certain anthem type songs that just motivate and inspire me. And I get hooked on like one song. And, you know, I like to listen to that one song whenever, like at least once a day. And it just lifts my spirits. I dance around my kitchen. I sing at the top of my lungs, much to my kids' chagrin. I think they are like, mom, lay off, okay? But at least that honestly can, um, 
I think is maybe my own form of mindfulness is just giving my body that energy that I need and Mm. doesn't have to be a big thing. I got to know what song is that? So my current song of choice is a song from the Broadway musical Wicked. And Love it's it. def- it's called Defying Gravity is the song of choice. So good. Right so, so good. Yeah. So, but you know, I rotate the songs. Like at one point it was fight song. Like right when I got divorced, it was like, this is my fight song, you know? And, mm-hmm. you know, I have like varying, I am really into Broadway musicals. <laughs> She's a jazz it. hands fanatic. <laughs> this one. Trinity makes fun of my <laughs> jazz hands. But yeah, I mean, that that really moves me because it inspires me. Um, and I think it inspires me in different ways to be better than I am, like where I see myself today. It just motivates me. Um, and, you know, I think the the words and the lyrics sort of have meaning and I bring that to life. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Trin, what are little things that you think you could do? Well, I love I, too, will put on music and cook and dance while I'm cooking in my kitchen. Like that's kind of one of my big jams. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's interesting. I've realized that I have developed this complete, like not even thinking about it shopping habit hmm. in response to, I think it's a negative response. Mm-hmm. My, my anti mindfulness And so one of the things I'm really trying to be very mindful about right now is only shopping and buying things when I either a really need them or B it's something that kind of in that whole follow my joy category is something that I know will bring great joy or a difference to my life. I am an Amazon addict up until today. I have been an Amazon addict. And I'm always just buying things for no reason. And I do honestly believe that that is one of my trauma responses or response to any form of, you know, fill in the blank trigger. And so I'm trying to develop some mindfulness right now around that. And maybe like every time I should just go light a candle instead or get my coffee or take a deep breath, something other than opening my wallet and buying more and more bullshit that I don't need. I would invite you when you put something like in your cart, right? I mean, online shopping is such an easy thing to fall into. Hmm. Like, you're not alone. And I was listening to, I mean, I imagine y'all have listened to We Can Do Hard Things podcast. Yes. Yes. Doyle, love everything. Um, And like a year ago, I think, Glennon had an episode where she was sharing about her recovery journey and how she had been online shopping a lot more. Mm. And it became about, Okay, when I have a sweater in my cart, what do I want? Mm-hmm. Like, is it that I want this sweater or is it that I want to feel comforted? Is it that I want to feel loved? Is it like kind of getting to the root of like, I'm craving something right now. Yeah. Some sort of need isn't being met. So can I get really curious about like, what's in my cart right now? This backpack. <laughs> I want this backpack. <laughs> and it's like, do I need, do I have another backpack? Yes. Why do I want this backpack? Like, is it because I'm feeling stuck and I want to travel? Mm. Is it because I'm craving adventure? Is it like, you know, getting to the root of what's really there and the why? And then once you answer that, maybe you can meet that need in another way. 
maybe you truly need the thing to achieve the goal and that's okay too. But yeah, at least being intentional and having understanding of the why before we take action. So maybe you just take that pause and ask the question before you hit buy. Super interesting. It's so interesting. Like after my mother passed away, um, I went on a shopping spree, a pajamas shopping spree. Mm. And I probably bought 25 pairs of pajamas in a matter of two weeks. And I think we can like, there's the obvious duh, like, what were you trying to meet? Well, it's that comfort, that coziness. Mm -hmm. My mom's dead. I need something cozy. So Mm -hmm. it was pajamas. But I do this and I, I, and I think I can actually see some correlation with some of the things that I am constantly going after that's super interesting and i wonder if there's an element of filling a void too oh hell yeah um and so i guess holly i don't know i feel like in midlife too when we think about where we you know the life that many of us women and our our listener out there may have been leading is this um life of craze, you know, you've got the job, you've got the significant other that you have filling space, you have children that are filling space and all of the activities that come along with your children, the cross country meets and the basketball games and the volleyball games. And then all of a sudden, as you get older, a lot of those things fall away. Mm -hmm. And we do find ourselves in the space of emptiness. Mm hmm. And so I guess the question is, why is that so uncomfortable for us? <laughs> and what can we do differently? Mm-hmm. I think emptiness is uncomfortable for us because we're not used to being alone with our own thoughts and our own mind and getting to know ourselves, right? Emptiness isn't bad at all like it's a gift in in a tremendous ways um but i think maybe society tells us we need all of the things to be successful we need the job we need the house we need the kids we need the husband we need the dog like whatever it is to live a successful life but i think one of the biggest roots i've learned is like you define what success is. Success is not like an end mark. You Mm -hmm. get to define what success looks for you in every single moment. And in emptiness, if we're willing to be with ourselves, if we're willing to be with the discomfort, that's where we can start to, again, find these other parts of ourselves. If we're not afraid to be with the dark parts that are there too, like I think another reason we don't like emptiness is because it makes us sit with all of who we are right? Not just the like pretty face you put in front of the people that you pass on the street. It's like, okay, I've got that mean girl soundtrack over here. I've got Mm -hmm. that deep depression over there. I've got this joy over here. It's like, we have to be with all of our parts. We have to be with the darkness. And we're often trained that those parts are bad, but they're not. They're just, again, this is where mindfulness comes in without judgment. Can I witness and be with all of my parts without judgment can I get to know the core of who I am without that um so I think a lot of the reason we dislike emptiness is because of fear of what we might find but if we're willing to go there I think like mindfulness can kind of be like 
that friend that you put the flashlight on in the dark with and you're like, all right, let's go adventure this cave together. And and once you do, like maybe you find a box of treasure in there, you know, who knows what's going to be in there. And I, I got rambled in my mind and I forgot the second part of your question. <laughs> <laughs> I got rambled in my mind too. And just, you know, really reveling in kind of the beauty of what you're saying there and really you know, I think that's not, that's, it sounds so beautiful and so easy to do, but it's, yeah, it's, it's not hard easy for us to it's do. Not. It's, yeah, mm-hmm. it's hard for us to sit there. And so what I hear you saying though, is in those moments of quiet, it's really looking inside yourself and hearing, you know, what are those different parts saying, what is happening in your brain and just being aware mm-hmm. of, of some of those, of some of those things. Yeah. And when we become aware of them too, like being unafraid to ask for support, Mm. I think finally people are starting to understand that therapy isn't a bad thing, that having like, Mm. you know, a life coach, a therapist, a mindfulness coach, or a shaman, whatever you want to work with, it's, it's not bad. When we have these dark parts, it's a brave thing to say, like, I would like a friend I don't want to go yeah. in the dark by myself. I would like a friend, please. That's yeah. a, that's a deep way of. We're still loving doing yourself. the buddy system in midlife, yeah. right? We, we love the that. buddy system. <laughs> ten out of ten recommend. Yeah. Um, you know, so again, I think like the way I I've been in therapy f- since I was in college when I learned you could go to therapy for free in college. Yeah. I was like, yes. I have to live with me every single day. <laughs> every day this girl is here. Like anything that I can do to make this easier, sign me up. Mm-hmm. So it's like great to have, I think, during the okay times. And it's yeah. like necessary to have during the hard times. And if you are in that space of emptiness and here is a dark part that I'm really scared to go into, you don't have to do it alone. There's yeah. support here for you and don't hesitate to reach out for that. Yeah, I love that. And I think you answered the second question, the second part, which was what do we do differently? And I think, mm. you know, finding help, finding a friend, you know, and, and not being afraid to face the dark parts, whether you do it alone or whether you do it with buddy. Yeah. Or a Betty. We should, we should have Bettys with us, not buddies, <laughs> right? We're women, women in midlife. I need my Betty. (laughs) But whether we do that, you know, then that is maybe what we need to do differently instead of just sitting in the dark place and Mm -hmm. allowing it to consume us. We can try and see the light on the other side of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And another thing to do differently, too, instead of like, I think this is a misconception that can come in with mindfulness. It's like there are hard things we experience there are dark parts we experience and I encourage you to be with them, but to not get stuck in them. So Mm. to unhook from them, to witness it, to embody the sensations. Can you feel it in your body? Can you notice that you're thinking? Can you notice that you're fixating on this? And then by fully being with what's there, we can step into that aligned action. You know, in Shinzen Young says in life, suffering is pain times resistance. And pain Mm. is inevitable, but suffering is optional. And you're going to suffer the degree to which you resist. So you have to be with what already is in order to change it. And I think that's where we tend to mess up. We either think we get stuck in it or Mm. we resist it. But if we're willing to go there and witness it, to feel it and allow that energy to flow through and then take aligned action, 
that's how we can get to not even the other side, but get to the fullness of that experience. Yeah. I like to think of it as learning to dance with it versus Mm -hmm. pushing against it and resisting it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. So beautiful, Holly. And if our listener wanted to find more of you, where could she go? If you want to find more, I would love for you to tune in to my podcast, How the Wise One Grows. We talk a lot about these things, whether it's through like shamanism or microdosing or grief counseling. Mm -hmm. We cover a wide range. Um, And I also, you can find me on social media. It's at Holly's Azure and How the Wise One Grows podcast. And I do offer one-on-one mindfulness sessions. So it could be a similar conversation to the one like we had today. If you um, go to my website, hollysazure.com, you can reach out to me through there about that. Great. Beautiful. Thank you, Holly. We've really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I had a blast with you guys. And thank you for being so vulnerable and willing to go into the discomfort with me. Oh, Holly, thank you for such a beautiful and wonderful conversation. That was really lovely for me. Me too. I took away so much from our talk. Mm -hmm. And things that I feel like... Actually, Trinity, you might be able to do this. <laughs> For sure. Right? Yes. Right? I know. We keep trying to make it bigger than it is. Yes. It's, it's okay to keep it simple. So let's start with takeaway number one. You know, guys, mindfulness, it, it has many de- definitions. And I love this thinking that mindfulness is an awareness of and and a wise relationship with what we are sensing, what we are experiencing, what we are feeling. And it is not eliminating those feelings of stress and anxiety because it's really not humanly possible. But instead, it's really taking that time to know ourselves. Mm. I have to sit with that for a second. It's so powerful. Mm. Yeah. And two, part of mindfulness is about giving yourself compassion, compassion to those feelings of stress and anxiety. And even in those moments when you feel lost and confused, Yeah. because in those moments, lost and confusion, those are the moments when you actually find yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And our, our third point, mindfulness can actually be just listening to your body and then taking actions that feel aligned with what you are hearing from your body. Stop, stop overthinking it. Stop making it bigger than it is. There is no doing it wrong. There's just doing. Mm. Yes. And four, when you're feeling a bit lost, don't fear that state of mind. Instead, celebrate it Yeah, because it means that you're not done growing yet. Oh man. I love that one, Shelby. I love that one. Yeah. And so to bring it home, you know, when, when negative feelings and parts of you start to bubble up, get curious. 
ask yourself, hey, girl, what do you need right now in this moment? Perhaps, perhaps this part of you is trying to raise awareness. She's tapping you on the shoulder to say, hey, honey, honey, girl, sit down somewhere. You're you're overwhelmed right now. Check yourself. Listen, things are going on. And she's putting those boundaries around you in order to protect you from that overwhelm. And so in those moments, sit with her, convene with her, grab that coffee, spend that moment with your best friend, which is you. And love those moments and be mindful of who you are and what you need and how you can continue to hear yourself and grow and know that you're not done growing yet. That is the great news. Yeah. And we want to keep growing with you every single day. We want to grow with you on this journey. So join us. Join us by clicking that plus sign, following the podcast, joining our community, and keeping the conversation alive. Mm-hmm. We love you so much. We're going to practice our mindfulness this week, Shelby. I'd like you to I hold know. me accountable. <laughs> you too, right? Yes, ladies out there, yeah. we'd like for you all to hold each other accountable. Find a friend, find a buddy, and know that we can do this together and stay connected with one another out there, right here. None of us are alone. And we look forward to spending this time with you again next week, right here in the middle.